Welcome to A Drink with a Friend. I'm Seth Haynes. I'm Tish Oxenrider. Tish, how are you doing? I'm all right. How's it going with you? Good. Did you know uh, that we just moved? We just moved into our hopefully forever home, from which I never have to move, out, (laughs) uh, because I'm tired of moving. We've moved a lot in my life. But did you know this? Have I told you this? Oh, no. I know that you've moved a lot in your life. I've moved a lot in my life, too, but I think you might be one of the few people that have us beat. Because I feel like every year, almost every year, I send out a Christmas card list. The Haynes have a new address, but hopefully not Mm. anymore. That's exciting. This is actually quite the problem. I get texts every year at Christmas, and it's (laughs) always like, ha, 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 have you moved? Um, I'd like to send you a Christmas card. And every year, I'm like, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, we have. We've moved. Um, But there's always a good reason for it. I always feel like there's a good reason for it. And it always makes sense. And this time it makes sense because we built a house on a piece of property outside of town. And so I think this is it, Tish. I think we're home. Are you a homesteader? Is that fair to say? No, it's not fair to say. Is it fair to say that we have some acres? Yes. Is it fair to say that we have a garden? Yes. Cool. Uh, Coyotes run rampant where I live? Yes. But homesteader, that is a bit of a stretch. Okay. You are very much on a grid. Uh, we are very much on a grid. I would <laughs> love to be off a grid. Yeah. But until... Uh, you know, the one thing that I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this, but minimalism, homesteading, all of these things that like are so beautiful and wonderful and that I'd really love to do mm-hmm. are so expensive. Yes, they are. I've actually um, really been thinking about this a lot. There's. Do you listen to New Polity? the podcast. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. I think it's a show you would like. Um, our listeners, some of them might really like it. It gets really in the weeds, really nerdy. I think it's definitely an Enneagram five kind of thing. Um, they just Ooh. get in the weeds about different things and they have different seasons of topics. And the season they're working on right now is good cities. And there was a whole episode mm. about this weird trend, not a weird trend, but this trend right now of everyone wanting to buy their own land and, and kind of live away from the city and he they make an argument about how it's not not so much not a, it's not all it's cracked up to be but it's like trading one set of issues for another set of issues really so totally yeah um both yeah. both have their appeal and i wrote about that a few weeks ago and it seems like a pretty universal desire either to live in like the super hyper walkable community where everybody knows each other or <laughs> live on your own land kind of one extreme or the other yeah. Uh, aren't humans so great and that we're prone to extremes? Yeah, we kind of are. And that was sort of the takeaway. So, yeah. but you live pretty, I mean, like, what's your drive now into your town? Oh, I mean, we're only about probably 12 minutes away from the part oh, of nice. town that we, the most, you know, that we frequent the most. It's yeah. kind of our, our home base. We're about 12 minutes from our home base. But like from my office, it's probably about 25 minutes. Okay. Um you know, to get downtown to where the restaurants are, you know, it's probably 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. So um, it's not, not close bad. enough that you can just kind of go as a no brainer, but mm-hmm. it, it's close enough that, you know, if you want to go out and see a movie, eat a dinner, mm-hmm. hang out with friends, it's, you know, it's, it's not, not that bad. It sounds like a lovely place to raise boys, which you were doing. I mean, girls it too, is. I suppose. Race children, I should say, but it, it just feels very like I think of your boys and they tend to skew outdoorsy, I feel like. So it sounds up their alley. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. And I don't have any girls. So it would be <laughs> probably a very lovely place to raise girls, but I have no idea what that's like. Right, right. Well, it sounds great to me. 
and I'm happy for y'all. Mm. And I'll have to come visit. Mm. Yeah. You know what it is a really great place for, Tish? Mm. What? It's a really great pra- place for reading <laughs> and writing. Good. That's good because you and Amber do that. <laughs> we do. And you do that. And uh-huh. that's kind of uh, the segue to today's topic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- that was really seamless and not awkward at all. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I try to <laughs> I try to make things as seamless and unawkward as possible. Uh-huh. All right. So, um whatever do you mean? <laughs> well, we were uh we've been discussing you and I've been discussing for a long time a variety of topics including kind of technology and technology addiction and all the things that are social media and all the things that we hate about social media. I think we've both talked about the social dilemma probably mm-hmm. here, but also on ulti- other platforms. Yep. Uh, I've quit Twitter. You've quit Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just interesting the way that we, we've always kind of interacted with these platforms. But at the end of the day, there is one digital platform that you and I are great proponents of. Yeah. And, um, and, and here's what's really interesting about it. I, I would say that we're both fairly early adopters. You are an earlier adopter. I will say that. But I think that we're both pretty early adopters of this platform. Mm-hmm. I think so. I came on in 2019. So that's pretty early for this platform. Yeah. yeah. I think I was maybe 2020. So I'd have to go back okay. and look at the archives. But huh. um, And so the, uh, the platform is, drum roll, drum roll, <laughs> Substack. Substack. That's right. So today we want to talk about Substack. Why do we want to talk about Substack? Um, I think it's a really good segue. Well, I say good segue. Maybe it's an off-ramp to talking about the um, last conversation we had about AI. Not that it has much to do with AI, but it does kind of have to do with that larger topic of how do we engage with technology in a very human way? You know, if digital, if digital interaction is here to stay, then how do we do this? in a way that makes us more human and not less human. And I will say up front, because I'm already hearing the but, but, but about Substack, I will say that so far, it's not perfect, but it's the closest thing I have yet found since blogging in like 07 that feels human and feels like it's helping me stay a human. How do you feel about it? I agree. Um, full stop. But dot, 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 to, to go beyond the full stop. I agree, man. It helps me feel human. Um, it feels oddly kind of like the old days of blogging to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it also sort of incorporates some of the social sharing features that I loved in the early days of Twitter. Um but for some reason, for whatever reason, it, it's not as emotionally draining. It doesn't feel as addictive. And I feel like I find really, really good long-form stuff there, which was always sort of a drawback to me of Facebook, Twitter, and the like, because it's just really hard to find good stuff, long-form, well-written, well-crafted, um, but also shareable. Right. And I think that's what I want to make sure we drive home because I don't want any listeners right now who are thinking, oh, well, I'm not a writer, so I'm just going to peace out of this and, you know, go make dinner. That I think the approach I really want to take here is the idea as a reader. Like, yeah, 
I have tons to say about Substack as a writer and how it's really benefited me uh, in mm. my writing career. But really and truly, it. I mean, when I thought about this converse or when I thought about this topic, you and I were going <laughs> to hit on today. I was kind of thinking. I did this whole came for the simplicity of the user interface and the ability to get paid as a writer, but I have ultimately stayed for the people and the ethos of the company and what it provides the internet. And that is, that's for me as a reader. I mean, yeah, as a writer, but just as much as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. So in your experience, like what do you find that it brings to you or gives to you as a reader? Like, why do you like it as a reader? Well, okay. So, you know, I mentioned the user interface as a writer, but it's just the same as a reader. You remember maybe, do you remember the days when you had this bookmarked tab of blogs that you would read, but then you just used Google Reader or some sort of reader to just collect them all. And then you just kind of went one at a time. I will say, because everyone always still talks about the demise of Google Reader, which happened in 2013, that those readers still exist. And I still use ReadKit to read blogs. So that's not um, a thing that doesn't exist anymore. However, it's not as convenient as it used to be. And so Substack as a platform for reading long form is just easy. Like it's a clean interface and it's easy to find writers. And I don't know if that's because maybe it's my type of content that Substack attracts, but I have had, I mean, I, I just checked, I currently subscribe to 41 Substacks, which Ooh, does not mean wow. I, I know, it doesn't mean I read every single one every single time, but those are at least some of the Substacks I have taken the effort to click that subscribe button to, simply because those are the people I have found that say good things. And so I just find it easy to connect with a kindred spirit that's kind of like me, which is a little bit nerdy, a little bit contemplative, a little bit kind of want to talk about not so much I want to, you know, talk endlessly about why social media is bad for us culturally. But I feel like Substack has attracted people who have said, I want something else besides the social media hamster wheel. And so it just by nature, feels like some kindred spirits. How about you? Yeah, I think that's right. And and so the listeners know, Substack's also incorporated a few new um, features, new-ish features. I mean, they've been out for a couple months now, but now there's sort of a chat feature. That's been out actually a, a while, but their uh, notes feature yeah. kind of operates like Twitter. And through notes, through the notes sort of feed, um, I found some really, really amazing writers I would not have otherwise found. Uh, so it's a little bit more like a Twitter feed. But but these are people who've come here for the purpose of saying like, I am a writer or I do write or I love good writing or I love good reading. And here's what I'm sharing um, from good reading from the platform. So I found a lot of really good stuff there. I've found that that feed doesn't really have that same sort of vitriol or anger um, that you would find in in Twitter or or even like the new uh, meta offering threads, um, it just feels a lot more. Uh, I don't kind's not the right word, but but it is. But it is thoughtful. innately more kind. Yeah. yeah, thoughtful, civil, maybe civil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, room for disagreement without you know calling each other terrible names and gaslighting yeah. each other and. 
Um, so I found that their features and their offerings would be like much more attractive to people who, as you said, sort of have the same ethos. That's right. Yeah, I find that. And I find that even though notes has a little bit of the flavor of social media, it doesn't feel addictive. And I don't know if that's because of just the kind of content people tend to publish on Substack just by nature of what it is. It's longer form. And so therefore, it it's people who think through things that it just, it doesn't mm-hmm. give way for addiction. You know, there's no clickbaity headlines, really. And so there's not the sense I need to infinitely scroll. I don't know. I just, in my experience, first of all, I there is an app, but I mostly use the website because I don't like reading on my phone. Yeah, And yep. I just am on it for a little bit, a couple times a week, and that's it. And I don't feel any FOMO, nor do I feel addicted. What's your take on that? Yeah. I agree with that 100%. I don't think I've one time sat down and just sort of doom scrolled on Substack's (laughs) notes. It's just not, it's not really made for that. And it's not that the interface isn't good or the interface isn't made for it. I mean, I guess it could be, but it just doesn't have that same sort of addictive quality. And I feel like I can follow the people that I actually want to follow more easily. I can tailor the experience more easily and I'm not constantly hit on the head with you know, whatever the uh, social ideology of the day is. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like people have come to say a thing, but it's not going to be, I mean, I don't see any hot takes and I don't see anybody. I mean, you have a way to post without like linking to something you've written on your Substack, And in fact, you don't even need a mm-hmm. Substack to engage in notes. You can be a reader only and engage in notes, but um, I don't see people necessarily using it to just, you know, drop a hot take and then walk away slow-mo or something. I don't know. It just, it feels like that's just it. It's not what it's made to do. So people haven't tried now, you know, maybe we're talking about this idealistically in the same way people might've talked about Facebook in 2004. I don't even know. Um, But so far so good. And it almost feels a little like a group of ragtag people who like we we've seen that And we know what that's like. And so we are going to intentionally go out of our way as best we can to not bring that to here. So I'm, I'm maybe naively optimistic, but I am hopeful that Substack continues to be the great place it is. And I would say it's getting pretty big. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Um, I see that as an opportunity to hear from more people, though. um, I don't know. I I would be curious to hear what people who maybe are just now hopping on think if they feel like they've missed the bus or if they feel like there's room at the table for them to sit up. Yeah. Well, I will say before we glow and gush too much about uh, Substack, Mm -hmm. you know, humans, we we tend to find a way to ruin everything. (laughs) Uh, So at some point, uh, somebody will break this, you know. Um, Yeah. And that's just the unfortunate truth about it. But for now, it's, it's pretty great. Perfect, so but it's great. let's do yeah. this. Tish, yeah. you tell me, what is it? I, I want to first focus on your particular Substack because mm-hmm. I think the way that you use it is a little bit different than the way most people use it. I mean, you definitely use it for some for, for writing. But tell, tell us, how do hmm. you use your Substack? And the reason I'm asking this question is not, you know, to like... Uh, pump up you pump your numbers up or something but it's more to say like there are different ways to use this platform and there are different people to read on this platform who use it in different ways and i think that's super interesting 
That's very true. That's very true. I'm curious how, like, I just feel like I use it in the way that makes sense to me. So I'm curious how I might use it differently or how you see it being different than other people. But I nonetheless will just say how I use it. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean, if you were to backtrack my whole internet life, which I'm not going to do because that's painfully boring. I started off blogging. And then when social media came on the scene, I reluctantly jumped on board and fast forward 10 years and I was desperately trying to get off the train and it was going by so fast. And so when I hopped off the train and landed on the station that was called Substack, it felt a little bit like an invitation to return to blogging. And I mm-hmm. went, I had started my Substack in 2019, but I had ended my long running blog in 2020. So I had this weird crossover for about a year and a half. But when I initially started it, what I did was I merged, I already had a somewhat decently sized email list. And I was emailing people weekly, uh, doing my Friday email called five quick things for several years already. That plus I had a Patreon. And so what I decided to do is merge the two because I had all sorts of issues with Patreon and bring them to Substack. And my thought was I will create a place where I could get paid for providing what it is I provide on the internet while also continuing to send my email out to people. So my Mm -hmm. thought was sort of this weird merging of the two and it kind of took off from there. So the way I use it now is I have different categories of things, um, namely this one email that everybody gets when they sign up just by default to my list called five quick things, which I write every week. Um, every Friday. And it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's five links that I either to things I either wrote or enjoyed personally, from the week, plus a few other things like I have a poll for readers, I make little announcements, I say hello, I, I include a, a painting. Um, so that's every week. But then I have these other things for subscribers, like twice a month, I have chats, I have one chat on uh, books, like what are you reading this month? And that is insanely popular. People love to chat books. And then I have uh, what's called a grat chat. And people share 10 things they're grateful for. And that dovetails pretty well with kind of the stuff I already talk about like in my books. Um, but then I have other just subscriber pieces. I, I write occasional long form pieces. I'm writing this one column that you have to opt into called Lex Rondi, And it's my story of mm-hmm. becoming Catholic, but I didn't want to bash people over the head if they weren't wanting that information. So you have to purposely opt in. It's, it's not on by default. And then we also host this very podcast that everyone is listening to on my Substack. So it's, you know, shared between you and me, yet it's hosted on The Commonplace, which is the name of my Substack. And it just has become kind of a catch-all mm-hmm. for everything I do online. And I, I, and I couldn't be happier about that because it's so dang simple to use and to read. Um, so that's yeah. what I do. And you're right. Other people do, do different things with it. I'm curious what you would say you do with yours. Yeah, I mean, my whole so my Substack is sort of branded as the examine, and I think that's that's what I want to do. I want to look at the world around me. I want to examine what's happening. I want to examine the positives and negatives, and um, and 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 really think deeply and purposefully and intentionally about various things. And I do that in various ways, right? So I do that not just through like long form essays, although many many people would would come and say that's probably primarily why why I read the examine. Um, but I do that also through poetry. I do it also through short stories. Um, often I'll do some serial fiction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that through a serial novel that I've done there for paying subscribers. So I, I do that in various ways, but the whole idea of the examine is is trying to think deeply about the human experience and and what that looks like and what it feels like. Um, and I try to do that through very concrete language and through examining, you know, kind of the issues that that are um, evergreen and ultimately that every human has ever had to deal with, with the exception of AI. I feel like I'm writing a little bit more about that lately. Um, uh-huh. But even under that, there is a thread of, you know, the the struggle and the wrestle of humans with technology, which that's been going on since, you know, uh, Cain and Abel. You know, Cain picked up a rock. That was a technology. So, yep. I mean, we've been wrestling with this idea of technology from the beginning. So even that is is sort of part of the exam. And that's kind of what I do. What I think is really fascinating, though, is like for every person that I know who is just sort of using it as a blog, which I don't really feel like I do and you definitely don't do, there are people who have really niched niched into things. Um, mm-hmm. So the examine is somewhat niche, but it's, you know, it's not super niche, but it's it's for people who want thoughtful, contemplative writing. Um, a lot of what you write is uh, really, really good at sharing out other things, sharing out thoughts, sharing out stories, sharing out music, sharing out books, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty niche and people love that and I love that. Um, but then there are super, uh, uh, you know, big um, substacks for things like free speech and news and um, which is its own sort of niche area. And, and mm-hmm. then there's politics and there are people who only do fiction and there are people who only do poetry and um, there are people who only do music or photography. And so it really is cool. It's a cool community in that you can find people that are using this in very interesting ways who would say, I'm not a writer, but they're still using the platform in ways that enhance and push creativity forward. And that's what I really love about the platform in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I I very much think if you have anything to share, more and more likely Substack would work for you. In fact, I had some teenagers talk to me about how they want to start a podcast. I've actually had two sets of two teenagers in the past like six weeks tell me they want to start a podcast and yet they don't know where to start with the tech and they don't have a lot of money. And I've suggested Substack for them both for those two reasons. The onboarding is super simple and it doesn't cost much more than a good mic and a set of headphones, you know? Um, So that said, if you are a photographer, if you, I mean, I think they even have ways to just film yourself talking. I could be wrong. I don't know. There's lots of ways to use it in a way that just, if you have something to share, it might be a good place to share it. But even if you don't, it is a really good way to support creators that you like if you want to see the internet be a place that um, maybe has a semblance of truth, goodness and beauty. Uh, Substack is a yes. great, great way to make that happen by way of subscribing first and foremost, but then subscribing with a bit of cash money for those that you want to see keep doing what they're doing because artists have to feed their families too. And, and that's one little way you can do that. So I personally, you know, most of the Substacks I subscribe to are for free, but I, I pay for a handful of them. And that's simply because I just want them to keep doing their stuff, you know? 
So totally hundred yeah. percent. So let's talk about that. What are some of the sub stacks mm-hmm. that you love that you read um, that you, I don't know, maybe watch, maybe it's just a video cast. <laughs> like what, what are the things that you love? Well, I will say as just a person of words, all mine are, are ones I read. So I'm, I know of the other types, but so what I read, I had a very hard time narrowing the, down who I even wanted to give a shout out to. So I might, I might mention a few, and then if I run out of time, I will probably write uh, an email in my own Substack about Substacks that I like. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one I should mention. Oh, and th- there's a theme here. I feel like I really am drawn to people who either kind of funny that we should talk about you um, live off the land or are farmers or who have done something unusual, be it homeschooling or, or homesteading that makes them a little bit um, countercultural, I guess. So the first one um, is Haddon Turner's Substack. His is called Over the Field. Do you know of Dad Gummit Tish. Dang it. You is that one that you were going to say? stole one of mine. Dang it. Okay. Well, how about you tell me why you like it too? No, that's good. Keep going. Keep okay. going. You keep going. Explain how to <laughs> work. It's great. Haddon is, from what I understand, he's pretty young. I think he's under 30. And he is English? Question mark. I don't think he's American. And mm-hmm. even though he's not literally a farmer, he's very farm oriented and talks a lot about slowing down, walking. He's a big fan of Wendell Berry, getting off the machine. Uh, you know, he, he's that type. He, I think he's friends with Paul Kingsnorth. I could be wrong, but he really does love farms, good farmers and supporting them. And so a lot of his writing is what it means to slow down and notice, notice things in particular in the natural world, but largely also within community. What else would you add? Hmm. He's a, he's a damn good writer. Mm-hmm. That's what I would mm-hmm. add. He's a damn good writer. Um, it, that's what it's. It's been so interesting to me to find people that I would have ever another that I would otherwise have never heard of mm-hmm. uh, to find their work, to read their work, and then be inspired to some degree, even to like jealousy. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, what a way to use words and. I would just say, you know, he has a, a heck of a way with words and and it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely one of those substacks that if you're into the sort of Wendelberry and he's definitely into Wendelberry. If you're into the sort of uh Wendelberry Wallace Stegner um mm-hmm. you know kind of way of of writing about regionality or or whatever. Um if you're into the slow way, if you're into intentional words, like he's definitely worth reading. Yep. Yep. I think if you like either of our words, you would like his words too. All right. So you say you bring up somebody and we'll see if it cross pollinates with my list. Okay. Well, I, this is one of those super niche areas Ah, and it's, um, you know, back in the day you used to get the newspaper and a lot of people would just flip straight to the advice column. Dear Abby, you remember Dear Abby? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and then over time, you know, Dear Abby, you know, moved to AM talk radio type formats with Dr. Laura and all these other people that were giving advice. Anyway, there's something that's just really great about 
the advice column. And <laughs> I have a group of friends who are anonymous, so I can't share mm-hmm. out who they are. Okay. Um, that are writing a Substack advice column called La Beef. Oh, wow. And he, yeah, and it, it, here's how it's, it's, here's how they describe it. La Beef is an anonymous advice column, as in advice from a 30 something therapist a 40-something writer, a 50-something pastor, and a 50-something poet. Oh, wow. Posts go live twice a month. Subscribe to never miss an answer. And it's fantastic. I mean, think about the fact or, or, or think about the freedom to give advice to someone, gloves off when they have no idea who you are. Yeah. Um, so it's it's sometimes really poignant. It's sometimes kind of humorous and funny. Um, there's always a bit of cheek and a bit of wisdom in there. Um, it, it's really great and everyone should be reading it. Um, you don't have to tell me, but do I know any of these people? Cause I feel like I might. You do. Yeah. You do, but I'm not going to yeah. tell you who they are. And, and I will say too, it, it seems like, and I could be, uh, well, I guess I'm, I'm, was, oh, they just posted three hours ago. I didn't even know that. Here you go. So, um, <laughs> There was a little bit of a hiatus between late July and now, so hopefully they're back. Hmm. Okay. Um. La beef, like L E beef. Like L A B E E F. Okay, that's that's yeah, funny. So I like it. There you go. Fair. That's, uh, you should be <laughs> you should be reading La beef. All right. So, what's huh. your next one, Tish? Gosh, where do I pick? Okay, I'm going to go with someone that I really want on the show as a guest, and that's Nate Marshall's Substack, mm. and he writes The Blue Scholar. Have you come across him yet? Because I feel like I you would not. like him. Mm-mm. Okay, he writes – He his isn't a prolific newsletter, and that's because he is busy. He is a seminary student dropout turned plumber. He's been a plumber for a decade plus, I think. So this is definitely his main gig. But he's very philosophical, very contemplative. And he writes a lot about the dignity of classically blue-collar work. And Mm. he even makes the argument that philosophers are better when they do work with their hands. And so Mm. he writes a lot about what does it look like to work with your hands and think deeply either while you're doing it or because of the act of working with your hands. He reminds me a lot of Kyle, I'll be honest, because of that. Yeah. yeah. And and I just like that he takes the time to pound out a few words and share them in between his gigs and you know his photos all have to do with either you know the chickens in his backyard or some kind of thing out on a job site and I just really appreciate his presence if anything. You know, I just like that he's mm. doing what he's doing. And um, I also just think the Blue Scholar is a fantastic name. So that's what initially drew me in. So I will recommend him and put him in the show notes because you got to read him. Yeah, I'll look him up. I've never heard of him. It sounds a little bit uh, like in the vein of Zen and the art of motorcycle uh-huh. movements. Yeah, or um, the Soul Craft, shop class of Soul Craft. Yeah, very yeah, much, yeah. Very much that. Yep. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I like that stuff. I'd love to read that. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? So there's a guy named Andy. I don't know him, and I don't know his last name. Okay. Um, but he his substack is called Flak F L A K Photo. Okay. And and so obviously I love it because it's photography related, right? Mm-hmm. But also this this demonstrates exactly what I love about Substack: how it is a 
uh, type of platform for all kinds of people who do all kinds of different things. And he has a lot of really great uh, posts. I mean, he'll have, you know, he'll write about a particular photographer or he'll um, look at a particular uh, photo or look at an archive of a particular artist. Um, or sometimes he'll write about the philosophy of photography too. But one of his favorite things I do that he does is a a feature called five photographers Hmm. and in five photographers, um, he highlights the work of artists that you, you probably wouldn't otherwise see. And a lot of them are on Instagram or a lot of them, you know, may have a gallery showing or whatever, but it's interesting to see the kind of, photographs that he recommends and and what's really fascinating is is how he is himself is drawn to a certain type of image Hmm. um and you can sort of see that in the work that he recommends which is really cool too so um anyway if you like photography at all or you like being introduced to artists that you would otherwise not see i would highly recommend andy's uh substack called flack photo nice all right. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of that. And you're the one to know that there are good photographers on Substack because that is not something I have. I'm not avoiding, obviously, but I haven't found or intentionally sought out. So it's good to hear. I like that. Yeah. It, it's there. It's there. And it's good stuff. All right. What's I, the next one for you? Oh, my gosh. I'm debating. Do I talk about this person or this person? How many more do you have? Do you have any more after this? It's fine. Yeah, I could. I, well, I could keep going all day, but I definitely have one more that I'll want to share about. Okay. I'll go with two more then. Um, the next one, I have linked to her a number of times in uh, my five quick things. So uh, listeners who read five quick things might already have read this, but um, Ruth Gaskowski writes School of the Unconformed. And I have no idea if I'm saying her last name right. My apologies if I am not. Um, she writes pretty deeply long form, but man, they're all really good and they are worth the read. And it all has to do with technology and parenting. So kind Mm. of charting the course for how do you use tech well in the family life? Um, Mm. How do you raise kids in a very digital world to be pretty countercultural and be okay with it and maybe even prefer it? Uh, And she gives a lot of both philosophical thoughts and just a lot of practical wisdom. Like here's what we have done when it comes to phone use, screen time, that kind of thing. But she doesn't do it in your just typical, you know, if you think of mom blogging from yesteryear, it's not that at all. It's, it's a deep dive. I mean, she calls herself a nonconformist. I would definitely call her that as well. And so she, she owns up how she's doing things upstream. She actually says, I'm reading her about page right now. I do not own a cell phone. Um, I make my bread by hand. I don't have a big screen TV. Uh, And we home educate. She grew up in Switzerland and she kind of lived off the land from what I understand. Yet she is, she's brilliant. She's whip smart. So she writes really good things. And again, she's into Wendell Berry. So that comes up a lot too. So I see a theme (laughs) even in just one. There is a theme. She's really active on the notes um, feature on Substack, but not in a weird way, in a, in a enjoyable way. Anytime I see her on my feed, I slow down and read what she has to say. So I'll put a link. Mm, That's awesome. For that one. That's right. You have one more. That's high praise. When you, yeah. When you, but before I get there, when you say I stop or I slow down and read, that's, that's pretty high praise. 
Right, right. That to me is a sign of someone that um, is worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. My last one is by a guy named, well, he, his profile says he is B. Christoph Wachtel. <laughs> um, again, with you, don't know if I'm saying that correctly. He says he goes by Ben. Huh. His Substack is called A Pilgrim in Metropolis. And man, I just like this guy. That's all there okay. is to it. Uh, there's really no reason for me to say why other than his writing mm-hmm. is amazing. Okay. And um, he writes about everything from AI to gratitude to what it means to be uh, living in the world. Um, he had like, here are some, some of his titles. Touring Metropolis number three, the cult of the unbound. <laughs> Touring Metropolis number two, on what we set apart. Touring mm-hmm. Metropolis number one, the new schism. So he, he's just, you know, the way he uses language is, is interesting. Um, he is unafraid of art. He is unafraid to use language in uh, very athletic ways, I'll just say. Uh, he's funny sometimes. He's always thought provoking, and I just think he's a phenomenal writer. And more people should be reading his stuff for sure. Okay, it's called what again? <laughs> a, a pilgrim, pilgrim in Metropolis. In Metropolis. Okay. All right, I will look into that. Gosh, I'm going to have an impossibly long list of Substacks, but that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I mean, unsubscribe from some things and subscribe to this. You will okay. not regret it. <laughs> fair, fair. Someone's got to go. Sorry. All right. Well, I will share my last one, but this is definitely not my last one uh, at all. This is just the ones to keep this from being hours long. Um, my last one, I will mention her name. I believe is Kristen Hawkinson. I. I'm saying Hawkinson because there's two A's, kind of like it's a a Norwegian name. So, Mm, you know, take that what you will. She writes a subset called Hearthstone Fables, and she is an artist. So I guess I lied about saying I mostly subscribe to writers. She is a writer as well, though, but she does watercolors, and they're beautiful. They're very um, nature-oriented, but she writes specifically about the liturgical calendar. on her about page, she says she explores the agrarian heritage of the liturgical calendar, uh, a missive of the sacred and seasonal written from the perspective of an artist, farmer, and mom. And so she uh, farms in the Pacific Northwest, and she's a delightful artist. It feels very whimsical and charming, but not not saccharine or sweet, just really kind of bygone on purpose. And she connects, she connects her uh, deep awareness of seasons with the church calendar as well. So kind of this dovetailing of the seasonal calendar with the liturgical calendar, and sort of those ancient rhythms and how they work in tandem. And so every post she writes has, well, I say every, the ones I've seen anyway, are a piece of work of hers, uh, you know, a watercoloring plus poetry plus just reflections on the season, kind of a backstory, like when she just wrote, you know, since we're talking in, in October has to do with just the history of all Hallows Eve and where it comes from and sort of Mm. a calendar of that regarding um, through the centuries where it came to be. And it's really fun to read. So um, since I talk about liturgical calendar a lot and I've mentioned it, in fact, in this most recent uh, quarterly that I sent out the periodical, I kind of did a deep dive on all Hallows Eve as well. It feels really kind of a, 
a good deep dive for someone who likes what I have to say in my in my own Substack. So I highly recommend mm. Kristen Hawkinson. <laughs> I'm her name, I'm sure. Well, I look forward to reading Kristen Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, she's really great. Um, all this to say, people read Substack if you don't yet. You're missing out. Don't just be online. Yeah, uh, or just don't just be on social media when you're online. Do other things. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Do other things. Do good things. And I think this is probably an appropriate time too to say this episode was in no way sponsored by <laughs> Substack. These thoughts and opinions were all our own. And uh, yep. we actually love the platform, which is why we're talking about it. And we don't just love it because it's a platform. We love it because we're readers, we're viewers, we're thinkers, mm-hmm. all of the above. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Not not one person from Substack asked us to talk about it. So this is coming to you completely free of any sort of conditions. Um, and with that in mind, Seth, before we head out, what is something adding more beauty to your life these days? Well, this is going to be kind of weird because it's going to be a bit of a shameless plug, but it's also the truth. Yeah. Um, over the last few weeks, Amber and I have had the privilege and the opportunity to speak with many, many different podcasters because uh, we are launching a book next week called The Deep Down Things. Yep. And I can't, it's based on a Gerard Manley Hopkins poem. Many of the uh, listeners here already know this. But man, I'm really excited about the book coming out. And so, what's bringing goodness, truth, and beauty to my life is thinking about the writing process. Um, the fact that we're, you know, releasing this book that's, you know, been so, so long in the writing and the work. And then just seeing people who have come out to say, Hey man, we're here for you. We love it. We're here for the work. We're going to help you push it forward. Um, it's just been such a good, uh, experience for us. I'm so glad that that makes me happy genuinely. And you're kind of, you know, taking my wind because that was going to be I was going to say I have two and one of them was y'all's book just not because I started it yet but because it's on my nightstand because I got it in the mail yesterday and I'm very excited about this and I know it's been a long time coming I feel like you guys have been writing it for like four years I don't know if that's true or if it's just as a friend I hear about it but I'm excited yeah no we were literally we've literally literally been writing this since 2020 so yes it's been three years three years in the making Okay. Well, that's exciting. And we'll talk about it soon. And with your lovely wife. Yes. We're going to have her here. Yes. So listeners, stay tuned. The much but, lovelier, the much lovelier <laughs> Haynes. But still go get the book now. Don't wait for our episode. Um, yeah, good one. Don't. I, I completely yeah. endorse your own book as something adding more truth, goodness, and beauty to your life. Well, what's the other thing you endorse? Well, the other one is another book called Karis and the World of Wonders by Marley Humans or Yeomans. And it is a book I just finished yesterday at the time of this recording because I was reading it for book club. I am in the Well-Read Mom book club, which is, I'm sure you, I mean, maybe you've heard of it, but you know, you're not a Well-Read Mom. It is Mm, a international platform, organization, community. I don't know how you describe it. Of uh, she's a woman who basically started this thing for her daughter whenever her daughter um, was a new mom, and she she kind of bemoaned the idea that I don't have time or friends anymore that want to talk about like the really good stuff 
it's all just like diapers and, and sleep schedules. And so her mom, mm. you know, who is really into classic books and good books, basically started this thing. And, and however many years later, it's like 6,000 book clubs all over the world now. Um, and wow. so I went to my chapter last night. It's fantastic. It's so good because they provide questions and they provide your book schedule. Like this is what you're reading this month. So you have to be mm. kind of okay with that. But I'm okay with that because these are books I would – want to read or feel like I want to be someone who wants to read that book. Um, Normally, they're old books. This was one of the first in a long while, to my understanding, that is new. It just came out in 2020, published by Ignatius, and it is so good. And I feel like both you and Amber would like it a lot. It is fiction, and it takes place in the 1690s. And it's basically the perspective of a Puritan a Puritan teenager and her situation. And I know that's really vague, but it's, it's, it reads like it's old, but it's not old. And that is a feat, not old stuffy, old thoughtful. Yeah. 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 No. And you didn't drop any spoilers there. So way to go there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you find out, I think on page one that it's in the 1690s. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Right. It, yeah. What else can I say? Massachusetts. That doesn't give anything away. Um, yeah. <laughs> Puritans yeah. are kind of uptight. Puritans, I don't know. Yeah. Does that Come give on. anything away? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, anyway. you just spoiled the whole book. I'm not reading it. <laughs> right. Though. Yeah, yeah. But mm. I highly recommend no, it. She awesome. seems lovely. I looked her up. Yeah, she seems great. So I will add it in the show notes. People should read it. And if you're in Well Read Mom, then you know because you just read it this month as well. And this next month <laughs> we're reading Dracula. So we'll see how that goes. I've never read it. Oh no, I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Me too. Me too. It's not a book. This is what I mean by it's not a book I would normally read, but I want to be someone who has read it. So it, it's good for me. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of taking a, a multivitamin. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this chat. I'm Tish Oxenrider with Seth Haynes. You can find all our episodes at adrinkwithafriend.com, where you can also help support the show by picking up the next round of drinks. You guys have been doing that lately, by the way, and that's very encouraging to us. Because remember, this is free for you to listen to, but it's not free for us to make. So thank you so much. You can find me and all my stuff at tishoxenwriter.com. Seth, where can people find your stuff? Find me at sethhaines.com and then follow the links over to Substack. That's right. Yeah, check out the show notes for all the things we talked about of this episode. Kevin McLeod did the music. Kyle Oxenwriter did the editing. Seth and I did the talking. We will be back here again with you soon and very soon. In the meantime, thank you so much for being here. 